To all coffee drinkers, fuck coffee. If you want to wake up in the morning, it's the way to do it. Shit. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 033. You can find show notes at travelfreedompodcast.com slash 033. In this episode, Jauma Marin shares some of the stranger activities you can participate in in Costa Brava, Spain. We are crazy about mushrooms, but absolutely crazy. The most seen TV program is called Mushroom Hunters, because here we don't pick up mushrooms, here we hunt mushrooms. And we give you an insight into what it's like to throw yourself out of an aeroplane. There really aren't that many times in your life where you are entirely just in the moment and you can't think about what just happened or what's about to happen. No. And that's sort of exactly how it felt. The second you stepped out of that plane, everything just disappeared and it was just the rush of the air. Okay, hello everybody. Hello. We are a little bit on the exhausted side because it has been the craziest three weeks probably in the last ever. Yes, yes, I would say in ever. Yeah. Absolutely in ever. I'm, I'm pooped it. Yeah. So, but what we are going to do in today's episode is we've got some live stuff. There's quite a lot of live stuff coming up and there's an interview with Jaume Marin who is the top guy at Costa Brava Tourism. We yeah. talked to him very briefly in the last episode as well about the blogging conference. But for our Travel Thursday, of course... Well, we should say that the reason why we are absolutely exhausted is because we've been traveling and doing super awesome, amazing activities, which, uh, which lead to exhaustion. Yes, and one of those, as you just heard in the clips just now, is skydiving. More of that in just a second. But... We'll be talking to Jaume about why coming to Costa Brava is really cool. It is really cool. Yes. Yes, and uh, that's coming up after the skydiving stuff. And we also took a little bit of a tour around the area. So apart from jumping out of a plane and seeing the area from the sky, we did a bit of a drive around and visited some places. So we got some local stuff going on in the Imperio Rada area. We went to Castello around there, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not just all about uh, Barcelona when you come to Costa Brava. It is, there's much, much more to be experienced. Yeah, and we love Barcelona and we love Girona and we're going to be talking about those cities in some future episodes. But getting out in the countryside and visiting some of the smaller towns that are not the places you've necessarily heard of has been really, really interesting. And it's been nice to have those few days where it's not just complete tourism and just a completely more local experience. Anyway, so first up, we are going to jump into the skydiving stuff. So Prepare yourselves for yes, awesome! We might have been prepared, maybe we weren't prepared, who knows. Let's go back to our former selves and see what we said. It's early, and normally this is bad, but 
We've just arrived at Skydive in Puria Brava, which is of course on the Costa Brava. And as you can tell from the name, it means we're going to be throwing ourselves out of a plane quite soon. We are, we are. It's uh, our first time. I'm actually feeling surprisingly calm. I thought I'd be shitting myself, but I mean, maybe I will be once we get up in the air, but I'm doing okay. It hasn't sunk in yet. No, not yet. No. It does not feel real. It's about to get very fucking real. <laughs> yeah. If only we could record my screams as we... Yeah. As someone hurls me out of an airplane. Oh, they are going to have to push me very hard. <laughs> they were, it's like, if I could just like take a running jump, like not have to actually look down, I just run and jump out the door. It seems like it might be easier. I don't know. I think I would still be well aware of what I was jumping out of. <laughs> So after that little preamble, of course, we got in a plane and then we jumped out of it. And there is not a lot of recording from that because mainly what we heard for that was There was a lot of wind, yes. Yeah, so, and that's what happens. And we're gonna talk, well, you're gonna get our reactions from what happened to us from the live thing, because that's yeah. going to be a little bit more exciting than us trying to well, recall it right now. If you do want to totally go and watch us jump out of an airplane, we do have videos that will be in the show notes, so you can go and see us and our faces. Or at least Meg, because mine is not edited yet. No, you can go and see my face as I get thrown out of an airplane. It's pretty fucking cool. It was really but cool. But anyway, we hit the ground. And no, we didn't. We gently, we gently placed landed. our bottoms upon the ground yes. with the parachute. And what happened after that? Well, let's go back to the live stuff. Fuck! <laughs> That's a good response. Lovely way. Oh, holy shit, how is yours, babe? Insane. Ah! Obviously, I just jumped out of fucking plane. <laughs> The first part's intense! Pulsing. It just, yeah. It's not nearly as scary as I thought it would be. I was too calm the whole way, actually. Last one to jump, so I watched everyone else go out, and then we had to turn around. So I had to sit there even longer, thinking about it. Oh. I'm alive! To all coffee drinkers, fuck coffee. If you want to wake up in the morning, it's the way to do it. Shit. Let's go. Insanity. But, not nearly as scary as you think it is. Fucking great. One second scary, rest of the time. I loved how he did awesome. he did like a fucking flip as soon as we came out. Did, oh, yeah. did he do that for you? No, no, no. Or he flipped. Like we went out of the door and then he's just like <laughs> And they pull the parachute as you're getting Sorry. towards the bottom and you spin around and it's like it's like pulling full on G-force on you. It's like oh, that being was on a roller coaster. Like... Okay, we gotta take our harness off. It's not comfortable. Okay. <laughs> okay, everyone. Uh, I'll go around a name and blog, and then your comment on what the fuck just happened. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Yelena, 100 days of sunshine, and that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> explicit rating, so go nuts. Yeah. Mira from Dutch travel blog, Mirobreis.nl, and I was so scared at the beginning, but the minute I jumped out of the plane, I knew I wanted to do it again. It was awesome. <laughs> This is Adrian with Adrian's Travel Tales, and I can honestly say that was the best experience that I have ever had. And our very own Megzi. This is Meg from the Travel Freedom Podcast, and I couldn't even scream. There was so much wind, like, in my face. I was like... Ah! It, my saliva instantly dried up. <laughs> it's like so much wind. But that was... 
Oh, we gotta move. Freaking insane. Amazing experience. Adrenaline is still coursing through my veins. And. This is Tomo, Total Freedom Podcast. Although you can't tell it's me because my voice is disappearing. But fuck me, that was ridiculously intense. One second of going, I'm about to die, and then like five minutes of going, this has been like the best thing I've done. It's actually really calming at one point. It's like scuba diving. You get to that one point where it's like, this is actually really calming. I'm just hanging here, floating around, freaking flying. Seeing the the landscape. All the pools of Costa Brava. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like, he was pointing out, like, he's like, over there, that's France, and over there is, like, the Pyrenees, and that's, you can see the snow-capped mountains, and he's just pointing stuff up as we're just floating to the ground. It's like you hit terminal velocity and everything just stops. Yeah. It's like you don't feel anything anymore. You are that weightless sort of that feeling. That jolt, though, when they open the parachute is like, ah, ha, ha, I think I'm going to have a bruise. Yeah, my legs, my harness, uh, it was not comfortable for but my bum bum. they said, if it's comfortable, then... And it's not protecting you properly. Yeah, and I prefer to live. Yes, there's only really one way to um, come out of a skydive. That's with drinking a Guinness after jumping out of a plane. That's life. That's life. That's real living. Beer and skydive equal happy? Yeah, it's a well-deserved beer, I think. I, I think I deserve it, even though it's 10.30. It's uh, helping with the, uh, the jingly janglies. I got the jingly janglies. Yeah. Take that, people who said that you don't do anything adventurous after you're 30. Shove that right up the pie hole. <laughs> totally just jumped out of a plane. Yeah. There really aren't that many times in your life where you are entirely just in the moment and you can't think about what just happened or what's about to happen. No. And that's sort of exactly how it felt. The second you stepped out of that plane, everything just disappeared and it was just the rush of the air. It was so intense. Like, I didn't know what to do. I'm just like... Yeah, I'm going to be having a stupid face on the video. I'm going to be curling my face off. That looks so stupid. Yeah. And the dude's, like, flying around me looking all cool. And I'm like, I look ridiculous. I'm trying to look cool. I'm trying to smile. I can't smile. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to scream. I can't scream. It, I don't know. It's just this weird experience where you've just got to disappear with it. Yeah. And like 30 minutes later, your entire brain is just overwhelmed with what just happened. You can barely process it. It's only when you hit the ground. Because like when we were actually like float, like when he pulls the parachute, it's like, and then you just sort of float down and you really relax into it. And it's really calming. And then you come in for the landing. And then it's only like... Like, then it just kind of snaps in and you're like, wait. What the fuck did I just do? That's what, that's what it is. Because otherwise I was really calm about it all. It was only when I hit the ground that I was just like, I did that. Fucking did that. Yeah. Crazy. Very cool. But yeah, an hour later, sitting in a bar, having a Guinness. And just going. Yeah, post-jump beer to try and calm those nerves. Yeah. The entire body is still on fire with feeling. It's uh, crazy adrenaline rush yeah but uh, massive thank you to uh, Imperia Brava for hosting they have done a wonderful job already just by throwing us out of an airplane and we got free t-shirts yep who'd have thought that you would be like thanks for throwing me out an airplane friend <laughs> you are now my friend you are now my you best new friend for throwing me out of a perfectly working airplane yeah 
and like if the area here is as you jump you're surrounded by there's mountains on one side bushes on the other side and like green fields behind you and as the parachute comes out and you actually get to take in the view rather than just screaming your face off you oh, can... I was so chilled like he was pointing out different things and just it was really yeah really chilled had a chat yeah you have a bit of a chat up there yeah because it gets to a point like there's no point in screaming like there's no screaming not just... once once the uh, parachute's out it's like and even then yeah once you're in that free fall and it's complete terminal velocity and yeah it just feels neutral you're just hanging in the air even though you're actually moving at ridiculous speed yeah yeah surprisingly everything slows down yeah really really involving completely involving all your senses and I was yeah my entire brain was just like I can't I can't think of anything so how you had Van Halen in your head I got no idea because I was trying to be really cool when I was stuck in the plane because I went last so I had to watch everybody else jump out but I was sitting there and I was like well shit I have Taylor Swift in my head that can't be that can't happen that's not good that can't happen if something goes wrong and I'm gonna you know crash to the ground I don't want Taylor Swift to be the last song going through my head so I actively sat there and tried to put like I was it was a mixture between Van Halen Jump and Death to All But Metal Steel Panther Van Halen Jump that's a fucking cool song to have for a skydive I know I know my brother when he first went skydiving that's the the music they put to his jump so that's what made me think of it but nice I was like I'm not I'm not going down with Taylor Swift in my head that just can't happen it's not allowed of course some people are going to ask us a question about going skydiving in what sense is that a budget traveler activity but there was a really interesting comment at the conference yesterday from budgettraveler.com and, and he said yeah sure budget travelers they got this bad rap that they're like dirty stinky hobos and some of them are sure we know that but yep. we never act like that we never travel like that no. and as he pointed out if you pay 10 euros a night for accommodation you can that, afford you can afford to go fucking skydiving skydiving if yeah. you're paying $400 for a five-star hotel. Well, you're stuck you, in the hotel. Yeah, you're That's in a hotel. That's bed. That is not, like, the adventure that you want as a budget traveler, or as any traveler. I don't get spending no, that No, I mean, much. that's what we've been trying to tell people. It's about, you know, that value for money travel. So you save money, maybe on your hotel room, to have other amazing experiences. But sometimes you want to flip that around, and you were like, listen, I really just need a nice place to stay. Sometimes. And you do that as well. Like, it's all about just choosing the right experience experiences at the right price yeah making sure you get real value for money that's what we're really about it's not about doing the cheapest cheapest of the cheap because sometimes the cheapest is the best sometimes it's not so you want to spend 250 euros on the most intense experience you've ever had that's fine and spend 10 euros sleeping in a dorm room so that you can afford to spend 250 euros I saw the prices here and they're actually quite affordable it wasn't like out of the out of this world expensive to do no. these jobs if you'd saved up for a trip and you went I really want to go skydiving during this trip you could definitely put that money aside to do it for sure and it is one of those experiences that's really worth it just like scuba diving just like riding an elephant in Thailand like, but properly properly bareback not just in a little tourist box going to a safari a proper yeah sanctuary these experiences do cost more money and we get that but if you only want to travel to spend as little as possible and not have the best experiences that ain't you're not going to be satisfied at the end you can have lots of great experiences for free and then that one day where you're like I want to do this super awesome thing that I cannot do unless I spend money fuck it do it just do it so yeah 
that's it. We did it. We were in our 30s and we fucking did it. Yep. It was actually one of those things that we never had even thought of doing, actually. But when the opportunity came up, we jumped on it. We went with it. We shot our pants a little. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, absolutely a worthwhile experience. Yeah, so thanks to Costa Brava Tourism for setting us up with that experience for free. Yes, and Imperia Brava Skydive, which is one of the best jump sites in the world because that view is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned it a little bit in those clips, but you've got snowy mountains of the Pyrenees on one side, you've got the Mediterranean on the other side, and you've got all these like perfectly manicured houses with all these canals so of Imperia Brava. Pools, yeah. pools, pools, pools. Look, I've never pools. seen so many swimming pools in my life. Canals, it's uh, very, very cool. So that entire backdrop and then all the green fields stretching out behind you as well. Gorgeous. It's a pretty good view from up there on a parachute, I can tell you. So if you are thinking about doing your first dive or just haven't been to Costa Brava, I definitely recommend it. As I said, we uh, we got set up for free. We're not promoting this because we got set up for free and they told us you have to promote it. We just, we really, really did actually enjoy it a lot. It was a fantastic experience and they took care of us from beginning to end. Couldn't recommend it more. They absolutely, like, I thought I was going to freak out. I thought I was going to lose my shit. But I, as soon as I turned up, they were so professional that I was like, yeah, I got this. Yeah. Well, you've got this. They, so they did have it. They had it. So I was like, all right, let's go. And they've never had a single death from a tandem skydive ever. I don't know why when we talk about skydiving, everyone instantly goes to death. Oh, you're going to die. Oh, it was nice knowing you. Yeah, <laughs> bye. It's like, come on, people. Have a bit of enthusiasm. But skydiving is safer than driving. Absolutely. So stop driving, go skydiving every day, and you'll live longer, statistically. Anyway, so yeah, as we said, we did get involved with Costa Brava Tourism for this experience, and we are going to talk to the main man, the king of Costa Brava Tourism, Jamo Marin, is on the show now. We've got some very strange content about mushrooms. That's, um, that's an interesting one. I like that. And also some other cool reasons to end up in Costa Brava, which has been a pretty fantastic destination to visit. So we're here today with Jaume Marin from Costa Brava Tourist Board. Hi, Jaume. Jaume. I, I pronounced it wrong already. I'm really sorry. You did well. You did well. Oh, good. I'm making it. I'm trying to get my Spanish language and Catalan language a bit better. Getting ready for coming to Costa Brava in a couple of weeks' time. We look forward to see you. Yeah, and this is what we're talking about today because we're pretty excited. We've been to Barcelona before, but we haven't been to any other parts of Costa Brava before. So, uh, I mean, the first question we have for you really is, what makes Costa Brava a unique place to visit in the world? What's its special, unique appeal? Uh, this is the advertising part of it, no? I assume. Uh, Costa Brava it makes unique probably in the three things. The first one is nature. 30% of our land is protected land, and we got seven natural parks. Nature is a big part of it, just not only the parks, but the activities around that. The second big part is culture. Of course, you, you may know different things about Romanesque and all that, but Dali was the birthplace of Dali, and we got the Dali Triangle with his workshop in Cadaqués, his uh, museum in Figueres, and Gala Castle in, in Pueblo. And the third part is, as well, one thing that is for us is like a religion, which is gastronomy. Uh, we got so many food chefs here that we've been uh, the best of the world for many years. The restaurant with El Bulli, now with El Sayek and Roca, which rated second, but it got 20 Michelin stars, which is, I think is the highest concentration of Michelin stars in the Mediterranean. So, so we are happy about these three things. 
Wow. That makes me happy too, I have to say. We <laughs> we interviewed Rick Calvert a couple of weeks ago and we also spoke to uh, Captain and Clark and they all said that the food is just absolutely outstanding and something, you know, to really be excited about. But we want to know what is your favorite well, if, even if it be like a tapas dish or what is your favorite Spanish dish? Probably, I've got a couple, eh? probably or three, but the, probably the, the one that I like the most is called suquet. Suquet is like a fisherman stew. It's a fisherman uh, broth that um, is a typical dish for fishermen because they used to fish all kind of fishes and the ones that are not so good, they used to keep it for themselves and make it with potatoes and make a big soft pan with this. From a fisherman dish, now become a really nice dish from everybody and this is probably my best favorite. Then, of course, we got like, the surf and turf, which you can make like chicken with king's uh, prawns or whatever. So this is another of my dishes because here you have Costa Brava where you have the Pyrenees as well by side, you know, so it's trying to make all the different products together. Mm, yeah. Seafood is definitely going to be on the menu. Yes, of course. Fantastic. And of course, if you are in Spain and Catalonia, all the cold meat and meat is in the menu as well. So, so oh, not- yeah. <laughs> Yum. Oh. We're in Morocco at the moment, so there's not so much pork getting around. So we can't wait to come back and eat some ham. Well, you have to try the different Iberic hams, but the different cold meats from the Pyrenees. And remember that we are in Costa Brava. We got the volcanic area just beside with 40 volcanoes in La Garrocha area. So, So we have a very rich area full of minerals and full of strong products to offer in the gastronomy side. Oh, fantastic. didn't even realize that. I'm going to ask you quickly about cheese, because obviously we're also excited about cheese. Is there a specific local cheese we have to try when we get there? It's different kind of cheeses that you can try here, but probably the local producers, the local, I would advise probably to go to more a local producer. There's a guy called Marseille in the north part of the Costa Brava that they do different cheese, and they do it uh, one with with the wool of of the sheep, and and they do really different cheeses. One is as well marinated with uh, seawater, Mediterranean seawater, which is really nice and you need to try it so more than one kind of cheese i will go and be brave and discover the different producers what is the name of the cheese that's marinated in seawater they produce it in a local producer called mas marce m-a-s marce m-a-r-c-e and just have a look and you will enjoy the experience there honestly yeah we'll have to track that one down for sure and of course, everything with the wine route. Eh? We got more than 40 sellers. Now we, in April, we have uh, the special month of the wine. So these are recommend to go and do the picnic in the vineyards and do different activities there because uh, the wine sellers are very well prepared. Mm. Oh, good. I think it sounds good like to heaven to us. Yeah. So we're pretty, pretty excited. I think the guys from Captain and Clark tried them all, I think. <laughs> all <of laughs> that doesn't surprise me. All of them. Wow. <laughs> I will try and keep up with that record, but I'm not sure if we'll it's going to be possible. We'll take them on. We'll take Come on for that record. Okay. I'll challenge that next in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about food for the entire episode, but I know not everyone listening wants to just hear about food. Yes. So one of the other things we like to feature is finding some uh, value for money options because I know not everyone can afford to go to Michelin star restaurants every night, even if they try and put some budget aside for one trip to a Michelin star. So what's the more affordable options for people who are traveling to Costa Brava on a budget? It's uh, for food accommodation. You're asking for 
Yeah, for a food and accommodation, is there sort of maybe going to the small towns, you can explore them and they'll cost less than going to somewhere like Girona and Barcelona. Maybe you can give us uh, a bit of an overview of where people should go. It's different kind of accommodation that you can go in, in certain budgets. For instance, one accommodation that I normally use with me and my family, we used to go to camping site because they got a very, very, in theory, one of the best in Europe. So that's where the automobile club in Germany and they, they decide. And they have like bungalow parks, which are very affordable, but more than affordable, they're in the middle of the nature. So you get all the nature and all the different possibilities from there. Then it's different kind of apartments all around the cities. But I have to advise, go to a small villages, just get there, try to find a small hotels or small rural houses. I think that's affordable, even apartments, eh? affordable, and as well is more authentic. So you get to mix with more uh, locals. So I think that would be my best option. Yes. Of course, it depends what you look. If you're looking for big fun and a lot of activities and night parties and all that, go to the big leisure centers like Lloret de Mar or Plachadar and all that. But if it depends what you look for. You've got a different range for different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you have a food option, like an affordable food option that people can choose to... The food options, this I will have it very clear. Go always for a set menu. There is different campaigns of products like... Now we have the sea orchard just finished, the different campaigns now, different food related. We've got the, called not, not a shellfish, it's called, we got the anchovies now running, and then it's the different ones. So the different campaigns at the start of each month, they offer uh, some uh, different uh, budget options, different budget menus that you can uh, go and join there. So this is an option. But always when you go to a restaurant, if you go to lunchtime, all that, you have a set menu always. So I think that's the best option because there's different set menus, which very, very affordable, I think. So that would be an option. If, for instance, in Tibex, in the opening party, if you, if you come, we have the different associations of different restaurants. But even we have an association with grandmother's cooking. Oh, uh, awesome. <laughs> which is really, really nice. And uh, it would be a different set of food. But I recommend you this one if you go to the TVX opening. I have to say we've been trying to work out a little more just in preparation for all the food we're going to eat and all the wine we're going to drink <laughs> during TVX. <laughs> we are planning on getting very fat, I think, over yeah. these two weeks. <laughs> you can come running for cycling from Morocco to Costa Brava. We might have to. <laughs> yes, that might be the only option. Oh, my legs won't take it. Let's talk about something a little bit different. This is something we ask quite a few guests when they come on to talk about destinations. Is there any sort of really strange superstitions or unusual histories about things that have happened in that area that might be really interesting for listeners? I don't know what to answer to this. Uh, um, we put you on the spot. I put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, it's a tough question. Yes. I don't know if it's a strange superstition, but for instance, there's certain hobbies or activities that we are very passionate about it. Some of the bloggers find amazing but, and we find very normal, which for instance here, we are crazy about mushrooms. Absolutely crazy. You know, and, I love uh, mushrooms too. <laughs> here we are crazy. And I mean, the most seen TV program is called Mushroom Hunters because here we don't pick up mushrooms, here we hunt mushrooms. <laughs> and this is the most seen TV program, eh? more than any sport or anything like that. But so if you come in during uh, fall, I think this is one thing that you have to do. How exactly do you hunt a mushroom? Because one would think they're not too, uh, they're not too swifty with running away yeah. from people. <laughs> it's a very good question. This could last for two hours, but I'll try to make it in, in one minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and we have our own apps in the mobile for mushrooms as well, because there's more than 100 mushrooms. 
And so we need to find where the light goes, what kind of forest and different things. But you will never, never, never tell even your best friend or your family where you go to look for mushrooms. So you go to look for them, but then you hunt them because it's a kind of pleasure to to find one and special seps is called or different or rubellons, which is the most precious one or truffles or whatever. So you need to be very know what you're hunting or what you're picking up because it's more than 100 mushrooms. Some of them are not good, are poison, so you need to be very careful. But it's a passion. Eh? And everybody, it's got books about it, it's got mobile apps, it's got everything about it. Love wow. it, love it. We might go mushroom hunting if we, if we get to come back in the full time. That would be uh, pretty amazing. You will love it. You yeah. will love it. I'm sure I will. This is a, a quirky activity. I, I like the sound it. of it. Cool. Okay, so we've got time for one more question. We want you to give us like your favorite place. If you had to leave Costa Brava forever and could never go back, which would be the one location you'd go and see for one last time? Here you have to let me choose two places. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. All right. Okay. Because one is in the Pyrenees and the other one is in the Costa Brava. So I get to choose one of the each, I think. My favorite <laughs> okay. place probably is Nuria Valley. Is in uh, going up from Costa Brava to the Pyrenees, in the pre-Pyrenees. This is a place which is very special. You only can get access either by walking or zip train. And it's a very special place, very nature, activities you can do there. It's a nice place, very, very nice place. And you've got hotel, youth hostel there for uh, a budget accommodation. And plenty of activities there, from walking to horse riding. There's boats in the in a lake. And in winter, it's a ski resort. So that's a very quiet, but very, very nice place. And in Costa Brava, it's a place that not a lot of people knows. I don't know if I want to let you know. It's <laughs> <but laughs> that secret. It's in Cap de Creus, which is the natural park which has limiting with France, and it's called Pla de Tudela, P-L-A de Tudela, T-U-D-E-L-A. This is a place where Dali get inspired from his main works. This is a place that like seven or ten years ago there was the club met, but uh, everybody voted that they didn't want club met, so we they bought it, uh, the government bought it, and they just knocked down the club met, and now it's <laughs> a protected area, only protected area. And Dali got inspired there, and it looks like you are in a different country. Nobody, not a lot of people go there, and it's nice to walk, now to relax, nice to see a different, different part from Spain that you never ever imagine. You think that you are in a different country. So this is my two favorite places, probably. Wow. Wonderful. Okay. So the final place in Costa Brava you'd see would be the one that doesn't look like Costa Brava. That's exactly. It's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> cool. Well, some great tips today and some really interesting off-the-beaten-track destinations by the sound of it there as well. So obviously Costa Brava has a lot more to offer than just is in the tourist guides. Yeah, but if everyone keeps track of all of the uh, the T-Bex happening in a couple of weeks' time, you're just going to see Costa Brava all over social media. So if anyone's interested, keep an eye out because it's going to be splashed across It's going to be an explosion of words. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. And I think uh, people discover things that they don't imagine that is here. I mean, it's a rich region. It's very well located strategically between France and Spain, so I'm just close to Barcelona. Now with the high-speed train, it's 37 minutes from Barcelona, so it's nothing. Mm. And, and it's got many things. For instance, one of the things that, that I said the first is the nature, so all the activities. For instance, there's the trail walker that the captain and Clark wants to do. It's 100 kilometers for um, for charity walking, and it's, it's a route that used to be a train, but this train uh, went uh, under um, repair in the 1970s, and now it's just a pathway, we call it the Green Wave, between the, the Pyrenees and the coast. So it's a, an experience because you go from the Pyrenees, volcanic area, Girona, and then the coast. And the coast, Costa Brava means rugged coast, and it's a very wild coast where it finished. So it's nice to see the, the contrast. 
So beyond the mushroom hunting and the adrenaline-packed skydiving, we did of course take part in some more traditional activities and we went to visit the town of Castello de Empuris and I'm going to pronounce that completely wrong but there will be information on that in the show notes so you can look it up. Uh, it's this cool little town, it's just way less touristy, they don't have a massive tourist destination sort of feel although they'd like more people to come and see it. It's mainly just Spanish tourists who visit there at the moment and it's really quite peaceful compared to somewhere like Barcelona or Girona. So if you want to get away from the crowds this is definitely an interesting little town to wander around. We went to visit the prison there. It's a 14th century prison. We got some live audio from that so I'm going to jump into that straight away. We're inside the old prison in Castello d'Empuris which is uh, on the coast in Costa Brava and it's actually a gothic building from the 14th century, mid 14th century. It's yeah, it's the town prison as well as being the courthouse and we're going to ask our guide a little bit of how the guests of prison were treated. The conception of the prison no, that we have now uh, or uh, the time that was a, a medieval prison was different. And most of the people that they come here, they rob a little thing or the pirates, they arrive, no, they, everyone went, was a prison for them. And But the concept was like an hotel, you have to pay. If I give you food and I keep you here, then you have to pay. If you can't pay, then you will be my slave. You will work for the big uh, works, buildings, and then you become a slave. If you have money like I don't know so a woman or a man cheating another was cheating or was robbing or whatever but this was a local person and has money then came here and was the all the time that was waiting for the punishment that this can be I can kill you or I can give you 50 yeah. lashes or whatever then these people pay the local people was one price was only two coins and the foreign people was four coins yeah taxing tourists <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yes. Prison tourism, you pay a little extra for that. And for the prison's most honoured guests, they got a few extra perks as well. Natural lights, oh, uh, toilet, and, uh, and a nice different <laughs> floor, you know, for this it's called the suite. Now you're lucky if you can pay this one thing, what you wear inside what? How much would you pay for this particular prison suite? I don't know, it could be a bit more than the two coins. No? Yeah. You have to pay more, or be friends of the county or some people, oh. yeah. So effectively, the special guests of the prison would have a toilet that actually took the refuse away rather than having to sit in the room with it all day. And they actually had a window as well, so they got more natural light. <laughs> The more money you have, the more you can pay the prison, the better the room you get. Well, it's pretty much the end of the show and there's no travel homework this week because Megzi is already asleep. And so your main homework is to have a rest. That's what we need to do. And so we're giving you the opportunity to do the same. But our crazy press trip is already on. We're on the first leg. We're leaving Girona very early in the morning. I'm sure our timeline will confuse the shit out of everybody, so we're going to catch up with you guys a little bit more on that in June when the press trip finishes, and there will be loads more information on how we set up our own press trip and manage to get so many experiences paid for without having to use our own wallets. 
Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback. So tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.